are the owner of you and your energy and your time. And nobody knows what you're capable of. And nobody knows all the places that you've committed to show up. And so this was something that I had to help some of our newer performers or even experienced performers that were like uber ambitious <laughs> is to really be honest and allow yourself to do a little bit less than you think you're capable of. Being a circus boss is all about being confident on and off stage. It's about you living more of those powerful moments when time stands still and your audience is captivated and connected and everything feels right in the world. Welcome to the Circus Boss Podcast. This is the space where we talk about all things business and marketing related to circus so you can make those big dreams happen. We're your co-hosts, Brock and Eileen, and we help circus performers and producers manage your business with ease so you can spend more time on the flying trapeze. So if you're a circus boss that's ready for more, hit subscribe and join us every week. Your audience awaits. Hey guys, gals, and non-binary pals, it's Eileen here for another episode of the Circus Boss Podcast, and today I've brought along a guest. It's me, Brock. I guess Brock's not really technically a guest, but we've all missed you so much, and I wanted to bring Brock into this episode because we are talking about busy season, and Brock is who helped me get through so many busy seasons in my career and running animate objects and really helped us level up and streamline our processes for busy season. Oh, thanks. I can't talk about busy season without you. <laughs> it is helpful to get through it together. It is. It is. And you know what? If you don't have somebody that you're doing it with to help you, then we can be that for you. So please reach out to us if you're losing your shit. <laughs> I love it. We know what it feels like. So we're talking about busy season and for gig work, for us specifically, the busy season was December. Now it might be different for you based on your market and your service area, but if you're anything like our business, you are either in it right now or about to ramp up into it. So take a deep breath. It's all going to be good and it's all going to be over in a few weeks before you know it. That's something that we used to remind ourselves as much as we love everything that we were doing and it was so magical. Sometimes we just had to remember, you know what, in two weeks, it's going to be over or in three weeks, whatever it was. Yeah. So it also helps you enjoy the moments while they're happening, but it all, you also know there's an end in sight because it can be pretty darn intense. Yes. So what are we talking about? We're talking about this like 17 to 20 day period, which sometimes can literally be back to back events. So for us, it used to start on the week after Thanksgiving and sometimes would go until about December 20th. Now we would do holiday events in January mm -hmm. and even early February, but that was at a more manageable pace. So it was the Decembers that we were doing like three to five events per night on Thursday, Friday, Saturdays. And then because we did a lot of corporate events, that meant we also had events like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So it wasn't like we had the week 
to recuperate for the weekend, it was literally nonstop sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we like talking about numbers and being as transparent as possible. So I also just wanted to share why we're making a big deal about this is about half of our annual income was made in Q4. That's the fourth quarter of a business year if you're using the calendar year for your business year. So October, November, and December was literally when we made about half of our annual income. So it was important to us to be able to seize the moment and get all that work while we could, while it was there. Now, more transparency. I'm not saying that I did all of this perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) By no means. I'm just sharing from the trenches things that we learned that helped. So you can definitely learn from our mistakes. Yeah, and you'll make your own mistakes and make your own lessons too and none of us are perfect and if you don't get to follow all of these this year or ever then you're not losing it's just things that we learned that helped us but sometimes no matter how many systems we had in place and even if I did every single thing that I'm about to tell you there were still times that I slept two hours per night sometimes two hours was if I was lucky (laughs) and honestly a lot of times I was sleeping on packing blankets and foam that we had in our costume shop covered up using the packing blankets also as my cover, like my blanket, in our warehouse in the office to make it from one night to the next because I just had so many things on my list. I didn't have time to even go home and sleep and come back in the morning. The good old days. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying you have to do that. Hopefully we're going to help prevent that. You know, you have to make boundaries and decisions for your business. But what happened for us was we relied so much on this busy time of the year to run the the high volume that we wanted to do for our business. It was a regular thing like uh, living in Seattle, both of our families lived back east. We never went home for Thanksgiving. We never went home for Christmas. Basically, we didn't travel anywhere until February. Mm -hmm. That was just kind of standard. So if you get to travel... That's awesome. Maybe your family is close. Maybe that doesn't matter to you. But I just love sharing some of what our reality was like. Yeah, it's important. It's important to know what where, what perspective what we're about to talk about is coming from. Yeah, early on in, in my career in running Animate Objects, Thanksgiving was about finishing costumes. And then Christmas was about finishing costumes for New Year's Eve. But then as I got better at getting costumes done ahead of time, Thanksgiving was when we did our packouts. And would stage like the first 12 events had their packouts done before we started back after Thanksgiving. Right. So that's part of what we want to talk about is why this is even needed to prepare Mm. for busy season. And, you know, for us, it was really important to have strategies to make it more manageable. Now, like Ailey just said, we weren't some years anywhere near perfect But we're hoping that some of those lessons that we learned along the way can help you have it be an easier time. Because the reality is, is that event work has a definite ebb and flow for most of us in most parts of the U.S. especially. And when busy season hits, you may need to or choose to use this as a time where you can pick up you know, more work or as much work as you potentially can. I mean, we just shared our revenue numbers with you. And the reality is there's lots of work to be had. 
But if you don't plan ahead and if you're not smart about what you take on and how you take it on, sometimes you can really crash and burn. And all of the hard work that you've put into doing this busy season and to doing what you do, it can just become really unbearable and really stressful. And that's what we want to do is we want to help you avoid that and make it be something that's more enjoyable and because you chose to do this. So mm-hmm. there should be some fun in it for you, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Don't You don't want to be so stressed out that you can't enjoy this amazing thing that you've created. And you don't want to be so stressed out that it affects how you interact with your clients or your fellow performers. Because if you're booking with a client, they've paid for a service. And honestly, it doesn't matter if you're tired or exhausted or working a double or working back-to-back events and haven't had sleep. They still deserve to get that top-notch experience that they've paid for. Yeah. And you can't come in and tell the audience you're about to perform for. (laughs) Sorry, y'all. I've only had two hours of sleep. So if I don't look so exuberant in the air, that's why. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you don't want to let them down before you've even performed. That's another part of it, too. Right. You know? And if you're a performer, the same thing goes. Like, if you're a performer that's working with an entertainment company, maybe you're not interfacing directly with a client. Well, the company that you're working for has promised that level of excellence to their client. So they really need you to show up and be present and be safe and be ready to go. And something else that we noticed year after year is that holiday events are often a time that we met new clients that then became repeat clients because there's typically higher budgets for holiday parties and more people have holiday parties. And I found entertainment to be more commonplace for holiday parties. So it really was the time of year that we were exposed to a lot of new clients. Right. As I like to say, you never get a second chance to make a first impression. That's uh, what it's all about. Can, can you just say that one more time? Because that you shared that with me last week when we were prepping for this. And I was like, oh, that's good. Yes. And it may sound cliche. It probably is a cliche. But you never get a second chance to make a first impression. It's so true. Yeah, and that's why it's really important to bring your A-game, even though you may be slammed because you want to put your best foot forward. Look at me. I'm just full of cliches today. (laughs) (laughs) So what we're going to do is we're going to share... Put your best straddle up forward. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. I knew there should be a circus pun in there somewhere. Put your best straddle up forward. (laughs) (laughs) Or your best handstand. There you go. So we're going to share some of our favorite tips for what worked with us. And you don't have to just have this be for busy season either, because a lot of what we implemented, we did because of busy season. But honestly, we kind of ran our business this Mm -hmm. way all of the time because we did a high volume of events. I think we did around and the average was about 100 or so or more events per year events per year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when we looked back historically, we were running about 100 events per year. Yeah. You may do more, you may do less. But for us, that was a lot. So we wanted to make sure it was efficient. Yep. So let's dive in and kind of give you a little behind the scenes. So first up, I want you to repeat this after I say it. (laughs) I will ask for help. 
I will ask for help. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay to ask for help. And actually, it's important to ask for help during busy season. And I'm talking like being able to manage your life outside of your performing life. Things like childcare, pet care, transportation, cleaning your house. Basically, all the stuff becomes really hard to manage when you're super busy. And you're going to need all the downtime that you can get. Yeah. So however you can get help in those areas, start thinking ahead about that. Uh, Another thing I always like to encourage our performers to do and always tried to remind myself (laughs) was to limit your other commitments outside of performing. So if you're a coach, if you're a teacher, try and see if you can cover your classes. If you work another job, see if you can get some of your shifts covered or take some of your paid time off. If you have a day job, don't try to work your whole day job and then go do a gig at night because gigs will run later than they say they will. And you're going to be loading in equipment and it might be cold where you live. It just there's so many unforeseen things that will zap your energy beyond just the performing part of it. So I would really limit those other commitments as much as you can. And another thing that we did as a company to ask for help was we had an on-call shift. So on Thursday, Friday, Saturdays in Decembers, we had one person that was designated as on-call. They were paid and the agreement was that if we needed them, we would call them. Every single event that worked with us, all the event managers had that person's phone number for that day. And that person agreed to be by their phone until 7 p.m. If they didn't get a call from anyone by 7 p.m., they had the rest of the night off. They got paid to be on call, on standby, ready to fill in either as a performer or a staff, whatever Mm -hmm. role was needed. Just having that backup person because of injuries, because of, you know, car breaking down, car accidents, God forbid. We've had car accidents actually during holiday season, right? right? Yep. And colds and flus. I mean, we're in that season again. So that's really important from that standpoint. And on now that you mentioned cold and flu, I think that as artists and as performers and maybe in the hospitality industry, I've always just kind of pushed through when I felt sick. And it's just not right or safe to do that anymore. Considering COVID, I agree that mm-hmm. and hopefully the people that you're working with have strict protocol that say don't come to work if you are not feeling well. Right. So this is even more of reason you might not you might even want to have two on-call people and for you as a performer If you're the one that's showing up and responsible and you might have to replace yourself, maybe check with all your performer friends and see, is there anyone that's not working this night? Just so you know who you might be able to call as a backup. Right. And DJs do this all the time. This is totally standard. Other vendors have good friends, frienders, we call them Mm -hmm. in the industry, that if something happens and they can't fulfill a job, they know that they've got two or three people that they can call to maybe come fill in. So even if you're a single performer, you can still do this. And they may not do the exact same thing that you do. Sometimes we had a a magician that we loved that we would have him as one of our backup people if we needed to fill a slot, you know? So it doesn't have to be an aerialist for an aerialist to handstand for a handstand. If you can, that's great because it's easier for the client, but something is better than nothing in these situations. Absolutely. And in line with filling those roles is just making sure that you've got some like depth on your bench or give me another circus pun here that was a baseball one 
Oh, see, I didn't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know baseball. Death on my bench. What? Well, anyway, having... Make sure you've got a full peanut calorie. No. <laughs> <laughs> you want to have plenty of assistance there mm-hmm. to To help. raise the tent. Yes, exactly. To raise the tent. There you go. But the the key is, is that you want to have assistance to be there to help do the things. Like, don't try to take it all on yourself. You can have assistants that help and are trained to build props, be there with performers, do specific tasks. And I know, Eile, one thing that you always used to do is that December was also when we had some of our largest, biggest pain shows and clients. And in that instance, it's really important to, if you're the person who's bearing all of the brunt and the responsibility, which (laughs) let's be honest, that was you, you want to make sure that you have somebody who's there who can shadow you. Yes. Oh my gosh. So the shadow was literally, I would say, okay, you're my shadow. You're going to walk every single place that I walk because in case I need something, I need you to go do it. I won't have the time to spend to find somebody to help me do the thing. Like that's literally how important each moment was. So having a shadow just follow you around and be by your side. <laughs> and it, maybe they what you need is to, for them to go get you some water or it can be little or big. Yeah, and a couple of other roles that we had that really helped us. One was a dresser. So we had somebody who was specifically in the dressing room. And a lot of times we had the folks from our costume shop or people who were really familiar with our costumes take on those dresser roles. And they were there to help with costumes and wigs and maybe even makeup and just make sure that people could get the costume on, get ready, get makeup to be able to do their thing. And then another one is a stage manager. So especially for shows, we would have somebody who is there as a stage manager to interact with the tech crew and also just keep tabs on the flow of the event. Because if you're a performer, you need to be backstage warming up, making sure that you're eating when you need to eat and you're hydrated and you're ready to go. You can't be out on the floor. You shouldn't be out on the floor checking on things. You need to be focused on your job and what you're doing. So the stage manager a lot of times would be out there watching what was happening and coordinating with the tech crew and then coming in and just checking in with the dressing room to let them know, hey, uh, the show's going to be five minutes late. Thanks, five minutes late. Yeah, right on. And so those positions were just really helpful for us. And I realize if your busy season is in December, you've probably already made your event budget. You've got your contract signed. But think about this for next year. There may be a way to add a little more cushion in the budget to help make these events easier for you. We'd really recommend it. Or you can grab along, grab a partner or a bestie or somebody who might be able to jump in at the last minute and next year it becomes part of the budget. So speaking about ahead of time, this is something that we probably should have told you about four months ago. <laughs> so my apologies on that, but we're sharing it now and you might want to think about this for your next busy season. But something that we used to do is we looked at what were our busiest days and we had a, a higher event minimum than we normally did. So for us, it was Fridays and Saturdays in December. We had a higher event minimum meaning you couldn't hire us if your budget was below this amount because we realized we would rather do a handful of larger events than a crap ton of smaller events because then it's just so much more logistics and we were able to do that. So you have to kind of watch your reality, your market, your little bubble and see what works for you. But it is really common 
for other vendors to do that. So I just want you to know you're allowed to raise your event minimum uh, for your peak days in the holidays. Yeah, and uh, you can do that for New Year's too. We also had a New Year's Eve surcharge where we, we charged more for New Year's Eve events. I know that's well, a little bit different than a but minimum. We did, we did both. You're right though, we did. We had yeah. a higher event minimum for New Year's Eve and we had a surcharge that we raised our price or added onto our price for New Year's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you're a solo performer and you don't have a way to say a higher event minimum, then you can raise your rates for your peak days in December. That's a really good point, thanks. Mm -hmm. Another thing we did, that we probably should have told you <laughs> two weeks ago <laughs> was we picked a cutoff date, usually mid-November, where we wouldn't book any holiday events after that. We didn't take any more last minute events. Now, I know coming back from COVID, things may be a little bit different and you may be grateful for getting some work and I'm not shaming you if you're picking up a last minute event. You do you. We support you. But just sharing what we did in normal times, we did have that date cutoff because we had so many events to manage the logistics for. We literally needed that two solid weeks of nothing changing, hopefully, to make sure that we got everything planned out and logisticized and prepped for, right? <laughs> Way I to make up new words. words. <laughs> logisticized. Right. And in line with that too, part of what we were doing in that lead up to December events was we were confirming all of our event details ahead of time with our clients. Yes. So that's another reason why that cutoff date is important because then you've limited your admin time to be able to work out those logistics, especially when December starts, because especially if you're the, the person who's doing the booking and you're probably also at events, there's only so many hours in a day. Yep. Yep. Be sure to ask about things like parking. That's always important. Ask about where to load in. Where's the loading dock? How do they want you to get your gear, your props in? And is there an elevator? If you have a big prop, like a freestanding rig or something that needs to go inside, what's, what are the dimensions of the freight elevator? Because you don't want to get there and find out that it doesn't fit. Been there. <laughs> Yeah, maybe a time or two. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, anyway. And then another good one is to know your day of point of contact. Mm -hmm. So who is the person that you need to be calling to check in when you get there? Who's the person if something does go awry with loading in or parking that you can call to help you out with that? Or if you're hiring other performers, one of those should be a day of point of contact for your team. Who are they getting in contact with is it you is it someone else who's helping run the event but then you should also have that for your client because sometimes the person I won't even say sometimes many times the person who's hired you is an admin and they may not be the person who's the day of person and you might the have their like office number which they're not going to be picking yes. up on so Friday at 5 p.m. definitely be sure you're getting their cell phone number who you can call who you can text and when you get that day of point of contact for your client save them in your phone so you're not having to dig back through emails when you need that number desperately. And put the event name <laughs> next to their name or the company name or something because a few months later, you'll be looking through your phone and you'll be like, who's Sarah? <laughs> exactly. I just deleted a whole bunch of contacts out of my phone that were just first names. And I was like, who is this? Mm -hmm. And the ones where I had put like the event or the venue, I knew who they were. Mm -hmm. I knew it was okay to delete them. <laughs> and then another thing that you can work, that you should be working out too, is double checking the entertainment start time. Because mm -hmm. 
things change. Yep. Things are in flux. And that's probably really true now with COVID and people being super slammed and short staffed is you just want to make sure that you review that start time because that for you is what the rest of your work is hinging on. So you want to make sure you get that part nailed down and that that's still accurate as to what's in your contract. Because things change and the people you're working for are probably really busy too. And they might not have been able to send you the updates. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times we would just double check that and they'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I meant to reach out to you and tell you that, you know, the event's going to start an hour earlier. And then at that point, you have the time beforehand to figure out how to handle that Mm -hmm. rather than just realize in their minds, they think you're an hour late. Right, right. But that's not true. You showed up when you were contracted to. You want to try to avoid that miscommunication when you can. And then another good one to go along with this too, when you're sending those details and checking in, you can use that time to go ahead and send them your final invoice. Try to work out that payment ahead of time because that's the other thing. When December gets really crazy, especially for clients and planners who do multiple events, like maybe this isn't just company XYZ's only holiday party. Maybe you're working with planneragency.com, right? (laughs) I don't know. That's not really a thing. Event planners are us. (laughs) There you go. Event planners are us. Well, they are running even more events than you're doing. Right. Right. So the more that you can get those final invoices to them ahead of time, the more likely you are to be paid on time. Because otherwise what happens is you're two or three weeks after. They're, they may not remember to bring you your payment or to take care of it the and day then of the event. they're off for the holidays. They're not exactly. working over the holidays like you are. And then you can't get your money till January. And it might mix, screw up your financial goals that you set out to make for the year, right? You want to get that money in during that the year that you did it. Get that money, honey. That's right. Another thing that we did year round, but really saved us during the holidays or a busy season was pack out lists. So every single event had a pack out list. And I'm not just saying, oh, write down everything you need. We actually made checklists where we listed every possible thing we might need at an event. And then all you had to do was make a check mark by what you needed for that event specifically. So I'm going to say that again, rather than having to sit down and use my brain to think, hmm, what do I need to bring? I literally had everything listed. So then I would just do a little check mark. It just made it so much easier so I didn't have to trust my memory. And then we used those pack out lists to double check that everything had been packed out. So whoever did the pack out would use a different color marker. And now I know I talk about us having a team and all these different things, but even when I did my own personal events, even when we go camping, (laughs) even when we go on trips to visit family, we do pack out lists for this reason. And you, you check it off ahead of time when you make your decision, when you're in a clear, calm, collected state of mind, you check off everything you need. And then when it's go time and you're actually packing out, you double check it off. Exactly. You can do this in Excel and print it out. You can, there are certain programs that you can have, like apps on your phone that you can use or lots of different ways to do this. So Mm -hmm. pick what works for you. Yep. And another thing is if you manage a lot of equipment or maybe not even a lot, but if you manage equipment and costumes, I really recommend having inventory lists. We had inventory lists for all of our equipment because we wanted to make sure we weren't double booking anything. There were definitely times that I double booked our trapezes and I was like, oh no, 
now we got to buy a new trapeze because I have it in a contract that I need to do it. And sometimes we would have to load in on one day, do the event on a second day and then load out like strike on the third day. So that meant I couldn't use that trapeze for day one or day three. So we would make a spreadsheet with all of our equipment and then that those were like the rows going down and then columns across, we would literally put December one, two, three, four, five, six, and go all the way through to like 23. And we would block out like a color and write the event name for every time we booked a piece of equipment. Yeah. And it's just a great way to make sure you're not double booking yourself and managing all of it because it's way too much to hold in your head. You get to a certain point and you just can't do that anymore. Well, and it sucks when you do, if you realize like, oh, well, now I have to buy a new trapeze. And like, that, that happened to us. We did. Yeah. We had that happen with a hoop. Yep. Yeah. Where we're like, oh, wow. Oh, we can't strike that hoop that we need. It's going to be up in the air at pop, and yes. we need it to be at this other event. Crap. Now I go guess we got to buy, buy another hoop. hoop. <laughs> and you know, why have to spend that money out of your profit? You should be able to use that for yourself. If you know that, you can offer another prop that you have. Mm-hmm. And not have to buy right before duplicates it books. of things. Yeah. Yes. And we had it for costumes, but by the time we started doing inventory, we had way too many costumes to even think about listing every single costume in inventory because we had thousands of costumes. So if you're starting out and maybe you don't have thousands of costumes yet, or maybe if you're a performer that just has 20, something that's kind of manageable, I really recommend putting them in a spreadsheet because even if you're not worried about double booking it with a client, let's say you pick your own costumes, you also want to make sure that you're allowing yourself time to wash the costumes in between. And if you're like us, we used to like to pack out ahead of time for the whole entire week so that if I was doing an event Monday, when I came in on Tuesday morning, that was already packed out, ready to go. Exactly. And Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, it was all ready to go. So we, we weren't scrambling with sleep deprived brains trying to pack out. So if I'm, if I want to use the same costume more than once in that whole entire week, then I've got to figure out how to wash it or spray it or something in between. So having inventory lists just can help you visualize all of this beforehand. So you're not in that situation where you're double booking your stuff. And you're up at 2am trying to figure out how to rinse the pits on your costumes (laughs) (laughs) because you've got to use it tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, it happens sometimes, right? If any of our performers are listening, sometimes there were where we had to have our costume go from one event to another. So we sent a can of Lysol to the event on Mm -hmm. our packout list so that the performer got that note. Hey, somebody has to wear your costume tomorrow and we don't have time to wash it. Spray it down with Lysol. People wore their own tights and things like that. Yes. Under layers, they wore their own. Yeah, we tried to not do that with unitards. Yes. But anyways, <laughs> we're getting in the weeds now. Going on and on. <laughs> but we'll mention a few more helpful things because, again, these just made our lives so much better, and we think they'll help you too. So another good one was we had what we called dressing room kits. Which you might call your gig bag. Yeah, there you go. And that just had all the things in it that would really help you on the day of if something came up so that you could focus, you know, take care of it and be able to continue to focus on what you were doing. So what would be in a dressing room kit? We would have things like a sewing kit, super glue, safety pins, bobby pins, extra hair ties. We're talking nail files, nail clippers, deodorant, mints. (laughs) Right. Altoids. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. 
extra scissors, tape. A bleach Tide pen. Yes. Wrinkle releaser. Yeah. And then we also had like extra, we had some extra tights in there too. Makeup remover. Like we had cold cream and baby wipes and bar towels. Yeah. So we're actually going to do a post this week what's in your gig bag where we'll give you the full list of what we used to have and we'd love to hear what you have in your gig bag yeah you might add a few good things to our list yeah and then additionally the other thing that we had that really helped us was equipment kits and equipment kits are kits that are for each prop or each kind of like type of performing that you're doing so like we had an aerial kit Mm-hmm. That had rosin and chalk and maybe it had ITAC and it had alcohol. Spray rosin. <laughs> Spray rosin and alcohol in it, right? So if you're an aerialist, everything's there for you to be able to go do your thing. You don't have to worry about forgetting those things. We had equipment kits for like our roving buffet tables and all of our different props. And those had all of the tools that you needed to build it, take it apart. But then it also had spare parts and things that you could use to maintain or fix the prop on the day of. And a lot of times we learned that the hard way. Why is it important to have backup screws and pieces and parts of, say, a lollipop lira? Yeah, I'm going to share my story here because this was horrific for me and and really just stressful. And forgive my sarcastic tone right right there. Sorry. (laughs) There's just a really funny story that Brock's about to share, which I know. So sorry. So we had booked this event. It was in December and we had booked our aerial birdcage on one side of the room and our lollipop lira up on stage. So I'm at the event early with my team. We're there. We're building the lollipop lira. And we get it assembled and we get the performer ready to perform on it because that was another thing we did is always make sure you've built it correctly and then give the performer time to be on it to make sure that everything's good before the event happens. Well, all of a sudden I see these tiny little metal pieces on the base of the lollipop lira and it's wobbling really funny and I'm like, Mm. oh crap. Mm. And what had happened is the set screws were had become old at that point and you know steel can just get brittle over time and the set screws had all cracked and had fallen out of the base of the lollipop lira it was no longer safe to perform on it and the screws that were in it were the only screws that i had so i had to go to the client and tell her i'm really sorry but our lollipop lira broke like literally right now and i have no way to fix it this and, and she was it's not safe to it's not safe And she was like, what happened? I was like, oh, the screws cracked. And she was like, well, can't you just go to the hardware store and get screws? And I was (laughs) like, yeah, just run to Home Depot. No, if you have a lollipop lira or any specialty aerial gear, those set screws are really specific. Mm -hmm. And you have to get them either from the manufacturer or from a specialty store. So if you do that ahead of time Mm -hmm. and something like that happens where it's a part that can be replaced and it's not going to affect the safety of you or the performer, you can make that repair if I'd had those screws. Mm-hmm. I could have made that repair and the lollipop lira would have been fine. But no, we then had to rush to take it apart because the event was going to start in like 45 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then come up with a plan mm-hmm. while the while the prop is being removed. I'm having to work with the client to come up with a plan of like, now what do I do? Mm-hmm. 
because I have two aerialists who were supposed to be rotating on that who mm-hmm. can now no longer perform. Mm. That's not a position that you want to be in if you're managing an event. So Well, and just Brock was able to save the day in case you were worried. <laughs> Luckily, we had the birdcage. We did. And you could have a performer in the middle performing the aerial and another performer outside. It was built that way. So we could have two performers on it at the same time. So... There was a happy ending. There and was. We did not lose the client over this. Thank goodness Brock handled it with grace, even though she was stressed out internally. She handled it with grace. But it was a bummer because yeah. I made the choice right then and there as the owner that I refunded them the fee for the prop. Oh, right. Because we have a separate fee for the lollipop. Yeah. Era. Which yep. included the staff time to build it. So, okay, you right. know, we had to take a loss on that because we didn't have the right materials. And so what did we learn? Moving forward after that, we always had the extra backup parts for all the screws and nuts and bolts and for all of our equipment. And whenever we would order something new from a manufacturer, we would ask them, what are the set screws and the bolts, all of the hardware that's needed? Can you just include some extra in this purchase? So we wouldn't have to like go try to find it afterwards. That was just a regular practice. Yeah. So after that, I had extra lollipop inserts. I had every set screw, even for the case, if the case were to break. I mean, we got it dialed in after that, but do that so that you don't have to learn from my mistake. Well, and it just on that note, sorry, we're going really like tangential right now, but or down a wormhole. I don't know. But we one time had our freestanding rig. Somehow the legs kind of got jammed in there when we were building it set up. And so we decided to grab an extra leg. Like we knew the height for the venue. We were only going to need three leg pieces of height, but we always brought the whole rig and thank God we did because we had a whole extra leg. So we literally had to swap out and put an extra leg in there because something was wrong with the the, the little button that you push that snaps into place to... To hold, hold there, the leg you in know? place. Yeah. And then it's also something happened with the screw. It got stuck in. I don't know. Something happened weird. We got it fixed later. But we didn't have time to fix it then. But we did have an extra leg piece. So we always brought. After that we always brought the full rig. Even if we only needed two leg sections. Yep. We brought all four pieces of it. Yep. So. We we still have so many tips to share. I'm going to try to rein it in. And get through these quickly. Because it's busy season. And. Your time is precious and we value that. Yes. (laughs) So we always did timelines and maybe we can do another podcast or IG live or some lesson on timelines because that was so complex. But we would try to share our timelines ahead of time when we could because or at least that was like one of the first things our team knew to do was post the timeline up on the wall because the more people that know what needs to happen, the second that you hit the ground, then everyone can plug in and help. So timelines really help the team effort happen. And then also another tip is if you are working somewhere where there is a timeline, take a picture of it on your phone. So you like always can access that quickly. And then the last be prepared was something that we always did on big events. And you can do this on your own. Obviously, hopefully, as a professional, you know that you should be rehearsing ahead of time in costume, if you're able to, if it's your own costume. But also when you first get to an event, just try your costume on. Make sure it fits. I can't tell you how many times, especially during busy season, we would maybe put the wrong size shoe. And if you wait until it's your time to go out on the floor and perform and you find out, oh, there's a rip in the costume or it does, the shoe doesn't fit or this doesn't fit, there's no time to 
fix that. Right. So we always used to say, try your costume on as soon as you get there. So we have that little bit of time to adjust if we need to. Excellent. That's an excellent tip. Yes, that really saved us. Okay, and lastly, and most importantly, and most importantly, prioritize your self-care. Yes. And here are some ways that we did this. And again, we did not do this perfectly. You could ask any of our performers and the people that worked with us. Often, sometimes we put ourselves last. But again, we want you to learn from our mistakes. Prioritize your self-care. So here are some ways that you can do that. One that we really loved is to cook ahead of time. Things like casseroles and batch cooking and freezer meals or buying already prepared food can really save you. Mm-hmm. And we got the aha light bulb moment when one of our performers, this was such a sweet thing, made us like a casserole our first week of December. She knew we were going to be really busy. She knew we weren't going to have time to eat. She made us a casserole. And we thought that was so great. We were like, that was so sweet. And also, that's a really great idea. Why are we not doing this? She was so sweet. She's like, oh, I, I figured if I didn't give this to you, you wouldn't eat. <laughs> we're like, oh, my God, that's so true. <laughs> yes. So cook ahead of time. And then be sure on the day of for your events to pack snack bags and extra water. Because mm-hmm. even if you have a client providing a meal, sometimes wires get crossed. Yep. And it might be late. So it's always good to have a little bit of extra food so that you can keep your energy up, you can keep going and stay hydrated, and you don't have to depend on somebody else for that. Or sometimes you might not have time to get food when it is provided. Yes. So if you're in the producer or director role, a lot of times I was stuck at a tech table and I just had to have like hard boiled eggs and pre-cooked bacon and like my protein power snacks with me and granola bars. And yeah, I had all that with me. And then another thing that I used to do is I would pack extra clothes. Mm -hmm. I would have clothes for loading in, and then I would have clothes that were a little bit dressier for the events there. And sometimes, especially if you're doing a double, you've got two events in a day. We definitely had days when that happened. Mm -hmm. We had days when we had three events. Yep, we did. (laughs) Three events in a row in one day. Mm -hmm. Cray, cray. But having those can just help you feel a little bit fresher you know, can help kind of perk you up. Putting fresh socks on and fresh underwear is like yes. hmm, a game changer Especially sometimes. when you've worked a 20-hour day. Faux show. Woo. And then there, there were times when we would just generally maybe pack an extra costume too. So if mm-hmm. you're a performer and you, maybe if it's a high-intensity act and you think there could be some possibility that you could have some mishap or you're not sure about somebody's sizing, you can just send an extra costume if you have it. That way you've got a little backup. It helps. And bring extra tights. If you're doing body tights, you can put a fresh body tight on between sets, perhaps. Oh. And also shout out to Leslie Rosen because she taught me this one for stilt walking. She brought a fresh pair of socks for each stilt set because it sucks to have like sweaty feet, <laughs> you know, and like putting that fresh new pair of socks on every time you put your stilts back on. It's just like, oh. It's refreshing. (laughs) Puts a little spring in your step, doesn't it? Yeah. And then we would emphasize this for our staff and our performers as well to wear comfy but sturdy shoes for loading in and loading out. Yeah, because you're going to be pounding a lot of concrete. Yep. Yep. And then one that we did, if you're able to do this, was sometimes the days were so long that, and if we were, especially if we were on one side of town, we would book a hotel night. 
so that we wouldn't have to deal with going home and feeding the cat and, you know, all of the home stuff to literally just finish the event, land in a hotel room where someone else was going to clean it, someone else was going to make the bed. There was usually breakfast there for us, just like, again, minimizing things that we had to do outside of work. Staying in a hotel was such a nice luxury sometimes when we could do that. Another thing you could do is book a massage day or a spa day, like literally call and make the appointment now, put it on your calendar to make sure it happens. And I think the biggest thing with self-care is also to know that you are the owner of you and your energy and your time. And nobody knows what you're capable of and nobody knows all the places that you've committed to show up. And so this was something that I had to help some of our newer performers or even experienced performers that were like uber ambitious <laughs> is to really be honest and allow yourself to do a little bit less than you think you're capable of. Even if somebody worked with only us, I still couldn't track how many events they were doing with us and how many hours and how many times they were performing. That's not what I'm looking at when I'm scheduling all the things. So I had to trust that my performers could manage that for themselves and then tell me when we were going through casting, you know what, I'm already performing four events that week and that's going to be too much for me because I'm also doing childcare right. or I'm also still having my day job. I don't know all these other things. So I really want to empower you, you know, that we've said saying no is okay. You're not going to lose a relationship over turning down work for self-care. Right. If anything, that made me respect people more and clients will understand and say, wow, you can say it in the way, you know, I really want to give you my best and I am booked solid so that if I take any more work, it won't be my best. And I would rather work for you again at a time when I can give you my best. Hello, who's not going to call you again if that's how you turn down a job? Right. That's a really good point. So there you have it. I hope you haven't taken too much of your time during a busy season, or maybe you're not listening during busy season, so you've got ample time to prepare for your next busy season whenever it is. So whenever your busy season is, we just want to help you survive and actually thrive. And remember that it's important to bring your A game because you don't get a second chance to make a first impression and the holidays might be a time where you get introduced to a lot of new people. Mm -hmm. So doing these things are going to help you just create that awesome first impression. Because they're not going to know, oh, if you hire me in March, it's going to be so much better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I will have had more sleep by then. <laughs> yes. So these are the three points, the three areas. Remember to ask for help. Remember to be prepared and prioritize self care. If all of these tips were helpful to you, then if you're not already, we invite you to follow us on Instagram at Circus Boss Official, all one word, because all this week we're going to be sharing different tips to help you survive busy season. Things from what to put in your gig bag to even tips for ambient and interactive performance, because Usually people do a lot more of that during holiday events as well. And a whole slew of other things to make the busy season easier and more enjoyable for you. So thanks for tuning in every week. And again, we would love, 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 love a review on Apple Podcasts. 
five shiny stars and tell us exactly what you enjoy about the podcast. You can shout us out on social media. We would love to get this podcast into the ears of more listeners like you because you're a circus boss and there's other circus bosses out there and we want to help lift everyone up with all of our messaging. Thanks for having me back. It was good having you back, Brock. Did y'all miss her? I hear the applause. I I hear it through the ether too. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you everyone. Keep being the badass bitchin' circus boss that you are.